your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Is it already Monday and only Monday? <laughs> all done. Your Mondays are done, right? Hopefully you're all driving home from work. I'm uh, going to talk about, uh, going to have Brooke Pataska, the lacrosse police sergeant, on to talk about a camera fundraiser. She's not going to talk about the camera fundraiser. She's going to talk about the cameras, the downtown cameras in lacrosse. But there's also going to be a fundraiser on Wednesday. They want to install a couple new cameras, about, raise about $50,000. They want to install about... I think it's like six cameras in the area, not just downtown, but they and they want to raise about $50,000. So we'll talk about that at the bottom half of the hour. If you want to get in here, right now is a great time to do that up until the bottom half of the hour. So feel free, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Brad Williams took a tour of the High V today. The Hy-Vee opens tomorrow, grocery store, in the Valley View Mall. So we've converted a, a Sears to a Hy-Vee, so I want to talk about that a little bit. But uh, before getting into that, quote-unquote covered the Charlie Barron's experience this weekend in lacrosse. If you, uh, if anyone wants to call in and, and, and comment if they went to comedian Charlie Barron's at the lacrosse center. How did the show go? I went to the first show and and took pictures, and I got to talk to Mr. Barons after the show for for like a minute. I didn't. I felt really bad because he talked to some fans, and he had to do another show, and he had to pretend to drink, or maybe he did. I mean, he did drink a little bit during the show, but I can I can imagine that being a little like tasking on the body and the mind, and then have to do another show after that. So I talk, I just talked to him for like two minutes afterwards, but show was pretty funny. I was a little disappointed unless, unless now someone could correct me if they were at the 4 PM show, two sold out shows at the lacrosse center, one at four. And then the, the later evening show, I think at seven, um, 4,500 people, the lacrosse center holds. So we sold out both shows. The city of lacrosse sold out both, both of those shows and the, Mayor, lacrosse mayor, Mitch Reynolds, gave a key to the city. Is that controversial when the mayor gives a key to the city, the comedian Charlie Barron's? Charlie Barron's, I mean, he's a comedian. He started out as a journalist. He also is, like, pro-environment. But he makes good jokes out of it, you know, like, we got to save the fishing habitat, stuff like that. It's it's always in in a comedian kind of connotation, but... Uh, Mayor Mitch Reynolds gave gave him the key to the city kind of early on in the show. They had one comic, and then they had um, a guitarist, and then the then Barons and the guitarist. I can't think of his name, Andy or something. Um, they did a, a couple of numbers, and then Mayor Mitch Reynolds, quote unquote, surprised Charlie Barons. I don't know if it was a surprise or not. Uh, they they played they played it out. Decent enough that it was a surprise. I don't know. Charlie probably knew the mayor was coming out, but I don't know if he was getting a key to the city. That's probably where that goes. Um, but the the thing I was disappointed about, right? Like, let's 
<laughs> like the intro to the show, have something to complain about. This is it. And I might've walked away cause I, I was taking pictures and then I had to go and talk to people and then I would come back and I stayed for the whole show, but I, you know, I wasn't paying a hundred percent attention to everything he said, but Charlie Barron's didn't mention the Taj Mahal of quick trips. <laughs> so we built a, you know what he's, he's all, he even joked on the show, the, the world's largest quick trip. And did he make any quick trip jokes? Anyone out there was were they listening? Did did he make quick trip jokes? I mean, I guess part of it you you don't want to be you don't want your comedy act to be an ad. So there's there's that right. But also, what's more lacrosse than quick trip? I feel like he might have said something about quick trip, but I don't think he did. And then yeah, I mean, he should have. I mean, he could have. I guess I didn't check his 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 Twitter or his uh, Instagram or anything, but. Could have stopped at the Taj Mahal at Quick Trips, made a joke about that. <laughs> Just the, all kinds of, I have all kinds of ideas. You know, when you live in the town and the guy's a Midwestern comic, like there's just, and I had, when I had him on the show, I wanted to, to pitch him some funny talking points and we did talk about him, but I wanted to like set him up. So he would have, he had an, a couple minutes or a couple hours to think about it. Cause at that time when I had him on the show, we were like entrenched in the fish labs building in Riverside Park becoming a wedding venue. So, right, that's perfect, Charlie. And it was a softball for him. He, like, he could do that without having to think about it. But I wanted him to think about it uh, b- before coming on the show, but he, but I couldn't get in touch with him until right at, right when he came on. Um, but, yeah, I didn't mention the Taj Mahal quick trips. Uh, Mayor gave him a sit. So the funniest part of the show, I think, it wasn't that the people kept giving him beers. He, I think he got kind of annoyed with that. And maybe that's every show that he does, a, a show where you can come up to the stage anyway. Maybe that's every show, uh, but but he's like, all right, definitely have enough beers, everybody. And then someone brought him an old fashioned, which was very Wisconsin, right? Very funny. And then somebody brought him and brought him a mixed drink, which was less funny. Um, and then you got to think, all right, that guy's got to do four more hours of show. <laughs> he's got to do another two hour show. He, he's definitely not going to drink all these. It's silly. And so what happened? Somebody brought him cheese curds, which was the best part. Best part of the show, somebody brought up cheese curds. And uh, the the quote, and, and and Brad might play this during the news, but the quote, because he didn't remember when I talked to him about it afterwards, because he's like, yeah, people kept bringing me beers. And then at some point, they started, he, he was selling the beers off his little stool. He had, a, he had a little bar stool on the stage, a little wooden stool. And it was just, there was like six beers on there just waiting to fall over, right? But yeah, so at at some point it was really funny because somebody came up and bought one. Hey, I've here's ten bucks. I'll buy a beer from you. But he didn't remember after the show because everything happened so fast that somebody brought him cheese curds. And this is this is what he had to say about that. Brought up cheese curds. I know, and they were, were very good cheese curds. curds I had nowhere that. to set them, so I ended up setting them on the key to the city. You know, which is very symbolic if you think about it. So <laughs> it was it was a cool show. And and that was the best part. And that's there's a comedian, right? Like he he thinks of that. Like I don't have it. Literally just happened too, but also just accidentally happened. He sets the cheese curds on the key to the city because the stool is full of beer and an old fashioned and a mixed drink. So yeah, of course, very Wisconsin, very lacrosse. Uh, it was a great show, I thought. And uh, yeah. Libertarian guy says Mayor Reynolds was pretty funny at the four o'clock and Charlie was clearly surprised. One mistake made by Charlie. He let Mayor Reynolds take his mic. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of goofy. Like they didn't like Charlie had a mic and then Mitch didn't have a mic. 
and then they were kind of sharing it for a minute, and then Mitch went to the stationary mic. I don't. He didn't want. He probably didn't want to try to take it off because then it would be total disaster. So they and then they were kind of like uncomfortably apart for a minute. But yeah, it was it was a very quick awkward moment when Mitch and Charlie were sharing a mic. <laughs> I just didn't think ahead to that one part because yeah, at one point Mayor is Mayor Mitch is like, "Can I take that from you?" And he took the mic from Charlie so he could read the stupid. It's like a. Uh, they do this in the city council. Whereas the city of La Crosse, he he literally read that to to make a to make it Charlie Barron's day as key to the city. Um, I can't think of what the terminology is now when the city council makes these proposals or whatever. A declaration, there it is. I think that's what it's called. Uh, so Mayor had Mayor Mitch had to to read that, but it was kind of goofy. And then like you can't get any reaction from Charlie because you took his mic, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, all right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, we can talk about that if you want. 608-785-7914 if you want to call in feel free uh high v open so I, I have some like i have some thoughts <laughs> all right well proclamation there we go thanks libertarian guy proclamation declar dec- what did i call it declaration yeah pretty close i was pretty close dedication all right welcome back to lacrosse talk pm 608-785-7914 you want to get in here and talk a text line uh thanks libertarian guy he was at the 4 p.m. Charlie Barron show. Thought it was funny. Also helping me out with uh, terminology, <laughs> city council terminology. Oh, I hate those proclamations. Whereas the city of La Crosse, and, and Mitch Reynolds, the mayor, was reading that on the stage. It was, I guess you have to do it, but it was just like, come on, man. Uh, 608-785-7914. If you want to re- if you want to hear like the beginning of that show, uh, if you go to wisdomnews.com or the wisdom at wisdom on Twitter or the wisdom Facebook page, that's, the story is posted there, and I have video. I have video of the interview with Charlie. It's just a minute or two long after the show, and then um, the the Mitch Reynolds Charlie Barron's kind of back and forth. The semi awkward Charlie's trying to 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 make jokes about parking tickets and. Um, it's, it's a little cheesy, but they're, they're trying to be funny, right? Like, cause if you just like, thanks for the key to the city, Mitch. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for reading that proclamation. It wouldn't have been right. That, that wouldn't have been helpful at all. Um, all right. So in a couple of comments on, on Facebook, uh, somebody goes, lacrosse is usually easily entertained by fake hair bands and the like. It is very nice that a real homegrown talent could bring such so much happiness and joy to the community. Furthermore, the lacrosse center should step up its game and raise the level of expectations. Um, yeah, there's often an argument, right? We we invested $42 million into the lacrosse center to update it and expand it. And for what, right? Like to bring in shows like Comedian Charlie Barron's, to bring in bigger bands, to bring better concerts, better live acts? Or is it to bring in more groups that have meetings in the things that we, you know, really expanded on that we have these like conferences, these, these businesses, business groups come in and have conferences. Um, it's the not as fun portion of the lacrosse center, but I do believe that the, I think the, uh, the, the most, the most money making the biggest aside from the, the, uh, the farming conference that comes in, it's like the pool and dart tournament. <laughs> so like, hey, we're just going to open up the, and maybe it's because they just make beer money. Maybe that's why they make so much money at the pool and dart tournament. Cause obviously you have to be, 
You have to have some beers. Uh, that was the only other thing I just didn't love about the the Baron show. And somebody even s- said that in one of the comments is, um, is oh, they 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 made a I, and I didn't go to the night show, so I don't know the night show. Sorry, no material is right. Buying him drinks all through the first show didn't bode well for the second. I will say so that comment he didn't he didn't drink those drinks during the first show. It's not like someone brought him six beers. I think it was like six beers and old fashioned and a mixed drink. He sipped on like one of the beers. And I think he took a, a drink of the old fashioned to make a joke. Oh yeah, that's a great old fashioned. Like he's got to do that. But he didn't drink any of those. Like if, if Charlie Barron's was, was drunk from, from what he did during the first show to the second show, which started, it was four to six an hour later, hour after the first show ended. Um, then he has no tolerance for alcohol. In fact, he might be, his, his body might not handle it or process it right. And he should see a doctor. Um, so that comment, man, like, nope, that's not true. Um, but other comments were uh, one of the comments. Why the hell did a did a person give him cheese curds? That was that. Yeah, of course, that was that was great. And I I want to say that nobody else has brought Charlie Barron's cheese curds, but I can't say that for a fact. I guess I should have really asked him, but he seemed very surprised. And I don't. I think he did say the, the his attitude seemed to be like, yeah, nobody's nobody's. Brought. He's like cheese curds. Oh my god. Um, all right, the the high V is going to open tomorrow. Valley View Mall is going to be, it's going to have now a grocery store. <laughs> so the Valley, like think of it, I, I just, uh, I can't even think, does the Mall of America have a grocery store? Like our mall has something that the Mall of America probably doesn't have. I, I've, I haven't been in the Mall of America in a while. I don't think it has a grocery store. But I I think it's great. The, the, the grocery store, that grocery store is opening there. I live in Winona for a while, so I kind of like the Hy-Vee. Um, Brad Williams toured it. He said it was huge. Uh, a couple of facts from the new Hy-Vee. It's going, they're making their own tortillas, tortillas. They're making their own tortillas. The, I, I believe they're the only one doing that, maybe in the city. Uh, they're one of the five biggest Hy-Vees in the whole chain. I believe there's 300 or so Hy-Vees in eight different states. So we have one of the five biggest. And they'll employ about 600 people. Can you imagine? Like, it's hard to believe. It's hard to fathom that the grocery store is going to have 600 people working there. I can't. I don't even know. You know, what does that all encompass? Does that encompass like truck drivers and and whatnot? I just don't know. Um, let's see what other what other facts. So, and then in that area, right now, we've got a, a Chick Fil A is just open. There's going to be a Five Guys burger in that area. I think the Five Guys is going to be combined with a a mattress firm store if that hasn't opened already and a caribou coffee. Um, and then Chipotle opened, you know, what a year, some couple of years ago. And then noodles, is there a noodles and company there too? Right. It might be something else. Um, so man, that place is going to be hopping that whole one little area. Uh, but the, the funniest thing about all of this is the high V has a Starbucks in it. <laughs> so there's going to be a Starbucks in the high V. So at least there's a Starbucks on that side of the road because the two Starbucks on the other side of Highway 16 wasn't enough. We have to have one in the high V as well. I mean, who thinks of that? Like that just seems it seems very odd. I kind of I, I wish we could get like Starbucks stats on where who's purchasing the most Starbucks cuz you think no, that one that one in the, the that has the drive-through, right? You think that one's probably doing the best, right? Because you always see cars backed up. But man, the one in Target, I mean, how many people go to Target? So that one maybe does better. I have no idea. But now we're going to have a Starbucks across the road at the Hy-Vee. 
Uh, seems a little ridiculous to me. All right, when we come back, Sergeant Brooke Potasco with the La Crosse Police Department talking about downtown cams. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. On the phone with me now, Brooke Potaska, Sergeant at the La Crosse Police Department. I wanted to bring Brooke on to get the, the police's take on what's happening. Uh, let's see, not on Wednesday. Okay, so on Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I don't need your take on this per se, but I want, I want to know about the camera project itself. But the, the Safe Cam project was launched a decade ago in the City Vision Foundation I believe is is running a fundraiser at that time Wednesday from ten to four. They're going to be standing at the corners of Lacrosse Street and Fourth Street, uh, asking for donations to update or upgrade or I guess add, add additional cameras to the downtown area. Um, you going to be standing out there, Brooke? <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to. No, but it's it's a great initiative, and uh, the police department obviously appreciates um, the help from these businesses and these partnerships that have continued as strong as they have become, and, and even stronger over the the last decade. Okay, so right now downtown lacrosse, this was kind of controversial. You you were here ten years ago, right? We just yeah. we just talked not too long ago, didn't we? A couple weeks yeah. ago, and you've been here since. No, I don't remember when. It, how long you've been here? Yep, just a little over 10 years. Just a little over 10 years ago. Okay, do you remember? It seemed to be when I was kind of, I, I was kind of like the the co-host, that wasn't really, uh, of the show, but it seemed to be a little controversial to install cameras downtown. Do you remember that? Yes. And I, I mean, I understand people kind of having a concern of, you know, constantly being watched, um, but it's one of those days and ages we're in that technology is just all over the place. Um, and we're seeing so many positives and so many ways that technology and cameras specifically can help the community and help the police in, in solving crimes. So um, I'm glad more people have seen, I guess, the positive end compared to that concern. And I think like a decade has passed now, we can't, we can't hide from cameras. Even if you got rid of all the downtown cameras, you really can't hide from a camera anymore because everyone's holding one or everyone's got one in their pocket. Yes, true. Yep. Something's always recording, it seems. All right. So, so about a decade ago, it, it, it stemmed from, or I guess nine years ago, the project kind of launched, but it stems from a double homicide that happened at a camera store in downtown La Crosse? That's what, yeah, that's what kind of started um, the looking deeper into um, some type of a system and something that could be throughout the city that could help and assist um, when crimes, especially that, that major of a crime, um, that truly you know affected the entire community, especially the downtown district, um, and how we can all work together um, and the police, hopefully, again, to catch these suspects or at least have suspects in mind whenever um, any crime occurs. So, yes, that kind of started that conversation, and then from there, um, it just it developed into what it is, and now hopefully this phase two that's coming up um, to continue to develop it. And there's probably countless things over the last decade that these cameras would have helped with issues and, and crimes and, and stuff downtown. But in that case, would it just have been the cameras would have had people running out of the that camera store? Oddly enough, it was a camera store, a photography store, Macy's Photo Store on Main Street where that mur- those murders happened. But th- th- those people would have got out, got in a car, and the cameras would have picked that up? Uh, potentially. I mean, exactly. You're right. I mean, not... Not knowing um, what could have been, um, we just got to kind of move forward and what we can do and, and utilize now. Um, but that was the, the mindset is what if we had these cameras and in many different high traffic areas, whether it's foot traffic, vehicle traffic, um, what could we potentially 
solve as far as crimes, or what could we deter from? Um, and that's where we're also looking at, or um, the City Vision Foundation is looking at cameras maybe near Riverside Park um, and other areas throughout the city where um, what, what can we prevent um, as a community and then as officers um, and shift commanders if we can watch some of that live video as well. And I will say that this is kind of goofy, but and I've said it on the show before, but I parked Midwest Family, WIZM Studios downtown. I parked my car downtown one day, and then sometime later, I got I was leaving my house, and I looked at my car, and I went, oh, somebody definitely backed into my car with a trailer hitch, and there's a huge, my, my grill is ruined. Mm-hmm. And I went, now what, what do I got to do? First, I went, I went here. We have some cameras here, so asked around, and, and we didn't have anything on our cameras. And then I waited a month for some reason. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a month later, I contacted the police. And finally, and, and right away, I think that next day you got back to me, not you personally, but the La Crosse Police Department got back to me. And they were like, yep, we got someone in a truck backed into your car, took off, uh, contacted them. They denied it at first, but we could easily see that your car didn't have damage before that truck moved and after that truck moved. And uh, and then, yeah, problems eventually solved, eventually uh, a hit and run. I don't know if that person got a ticket, but he definitely his insurance company definitely had to pay some thousands of dollars to fix my car. So I will say mm-hmm. I'm kind of pro camera at this point, <laughs> which is awesome. I mean, they're not they're not foolproof, obviously. So, yes, there there could be something that could cause the image to uh, I mean, we obviously have lots of different foliage and trees, so something could be blocked or, um, I mean, there could be different areas that are um, blurry images. So we can't solve every single crime by these cameras, uh, but exactly, as your example is one, um, we can we can help solve a lot of them. And a lot of people, um, when you bring forward an image or a video clip of, well, this is you, um, it's kind of hard for them to, to say, well, no, it's not. And um, we can we can usually get them to confess to or explain what happened. Oddly enough, too, when I when I had my car on on Second Street, there was no cameras there for police. We had to depend on our work cameras and it just didn't, it didn't happen there. So we never found it, obviously. But the city doesn't have cameras there. So I don't know. And maybe you don't know, but there's is there strategic locations? Let's let's get all the strategic locations in downtown La Crosse that aren't on camera. But is there a lot? Is there a lot? Or is, is downtown pretty much covered? Uh, it's not all covered. Um, I can't give you like a percentage, but uh, most of it is. Uh, but you're right. They they focused on those like high traffic areas, those main areas that they looked back and saw more crimes maybe were committed. Um, so yes, they stuck or started with those, and then now they're trying to um, you know balloon that out to see what other areas are they missing. Um, no, we can't catch every single area, but. Yes, if we can catch, you know, a, a bunch of them or most of them, um, or if we can maybe not even catch the actual incident happening on camera, but there's a camera that catches them leaving. Um, that obviously helps us as well, getting a description and, and everything, or yes, like you mentioned, even a license plate. Um, so all that does help. But yeah, there's there's definitely areas that um, we're still working on. I know that the City Vision Foundation is too. We're speaking with uh, Sergeant Brooke Portaska with the La Crosse Police Department, uh, talking about uh, downtown cameras uh, and, and maybe installing more. Downtown Main Street, Inc.'s design committee, uh, Carolyn Knobloch is part of that committee, and she's also working with the City Vision Foundation. They're going to have sort of a fundraiser, uh, a fill-the-bag sort of thing at the corner of 4th Street and La Crosse Street on Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. to help raise money. I think, uh, what, what did they say? They needed to raise I think it was like fifty thousand dollars to install some some more cameras, which is 
which is well below what the initial cost. I think it was like $450,000 to install 79 cameras. And we're all in all of those, I, I believe, are downtown. Right. So there's it's when you say not not all of downtown is covered, man, 79 cameras, uh, you know, that you installed a decade or nine years ago. That that's got to be quite <laughs> quite a bit of downtown. It is, yeah. I mean, it does obviously extend to, um, like, Fifth Avenue, uh, 7th Street, um, our parks, different things like that. So it's not all, like, the, the downtown district, but, yes, you'll see more within that, that area. How much do you guys reach out to area businesses? Because according to the City Vision webpage, uh, 79 cameras the police or the city owns. I guess I don't know if the police or the city. And then you you guys reach out. We've we've heard this even with uh, people in neighborhoods. You can maybe attest to this too. Downtown private businesses kind of they team up with the police department or sign some sort of waiver uh, so they can the police can access their cameras or ask for access or just know that these private businesses have cameras that could possibly be used. Can you explain to me how like a business downtown has a camera and it, it's placed that the, the police cameras don't cover? What's the what are the steps there? Do you know that that come like, OK, hey, uh, you know, business, do you have uh, do, you, do you maybe have this footage at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday on Tuesday? Absolutely. Yeah. So they can, you know, reach out to us if they want to, like you kind of mentioned, sign that waiver and um, give us access. Um, that's kind of beneficial if, let's say, a crime you know, occurs at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. We don't have to call them, wake them up to come in and retrieve video for us, um, that kind of a situation. So if they just want to give us access, we can definitely um, copy that uh, if we need it for whatever investigation um, and move forward with that. If they don't want to give us access, they just want to let us know hey, I do have cameras and they're facing in these directions, then whenever a crime does occur, we believe that their camera would have seen a part of it or some of it or maybe someone leaving, then we'll just, you know, whoever they put as that contact person, then we'll call them um, and ask them if we can have access or review it or, or whatever they would prefer. Um, so, yeah, either way works. We're, we're just happy that the businesses are willing to work with us and help us in any of these kind of scenarios and situations. Um, and, again, as a team and as a community, we can solve these crimes. Yeah, it would be odd if the business gave you, like you said, so you, you can at any time go, the, the, the businesses that have granted you access to their cameras, you could go get that, that camera footage without having to ask them for it? Correct, yeah. So if they give us that access or that, that um, eligibility to, I mean, most of them, it's, it's the exterior cameras, of course. Um, if it's an alleyway or if it's just uh, maybe right in front of their, their business door, um, and especially if they're having maybe some concerns or damage recently, um, that's when they've kind of given us access as well. And they can always, you know, basically like delete that access. Um, and then at any time, if we think that, again, a crime may have been observed from their camera, we'll just reach out and ask them if we can uh, obtain a copy. And you do the same thing with people across the city? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, if, if we, again, believe that um, a camera, you know, maybe had seen something or someone in an area, um, we'll knock on someone's door. And, again, it could be any time, day or night, depending on that when that crime occurred. Um, but if we see, like, a, a ring or um, an Arlo or any type of, you know, home surveillance system uh, from a garage, from a house, anywhere, we'll kind of knock on that door and ask them. Um, if they want to, they can reach out to us, those homeowners, and they can let us know, you know, 
what cameras they have, where they're facing, um, their address and a contact name and phone number. And then we can, instead of knocking on their door, we can communicate with them however they prefer, if it's email, phone, um, that kind of stuff too. So yes, they can still uh, let us know if they have cameras and we can kind of use them again if there's ever a crime or something in that area um, that we believe would have caused something for us to help us. Yeah, I'm sure you have a huge database of people that have those cameras and then you probably could never probably could never have enough because obviously it'd be nice to have the whole town covered. Um, yeah, it's ever changing. Yeah, absolutely. When you guys install these cameras, this was a decade ago. So I feel like the cameras you put in are going to be all blurry. <laughs> like yeah. you, like my, my old phone didn't have a very good camera a decade ago. So do, are these do these cameras get updated? Is that part of the city vision thing or or do they or, or are you just working with blurry, blurry cameras sometimes? No, we, we try not to work with blurry ones. Um, but, yeah, so they are updated and upgraded whenever they need to. Or I mean, just like anything else, if something breaks, um, it's fixed. And, uh, I, I mean, as far as a time frame, we try to get it done as soon as we possibly can, as soon as we notice that it's not working or, um, I mean, the vision is just not worth it. Um, but, yeah, so nope, we, we are constantly looking at them and uh, working to, to keep them up to date. Yeah, I feel like you need some like 4K cameras in there. Maybe that's what this initiative is for, to install a couple of 4K cameras downtown. Can you explain to me how the process works? Uh, Like, do you guys, like, okay, so let's just say 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday rolls around. Do you guys go and turn them cameras, well, the cameras are on, but do you go and watch the cameras just to make sure, or do you have to have some incident before you can start looking at the cameras? How does that work? Nope, there is a live feed or a live stream. Um, so what uh, supervisors or officers can do is, I mean, randomly throughout their shift, they can just pull up some of the cameras throughout downtown or wherever I guess they are throughout the city just to make sure that they are working and operating. Um, and then, of course, what normally happens is there's some kind of an incident and that you know prompts those officers to review whatever set cameras they need to. Um, so, yeah, throughout, throughout the shift. But, yes, there can be a live stream, uh, for example, on Oktoberfest or any kind of weekend evenings. Um, our supervisors are trying to review some of those or look at those live stream. And if they notice that maybe something appears to be escalating, if there's a certain troubled party, a bar fight, that kind of stuff, um, they can actually call you know officers to those certain areas right away uh, before anyone even on scene can call. So, yeah, we can definitely review them, um, like I said, uh, as, as the time is. I remember years ago there was a stabbing. Somebody stabbed someone in the head. They didn't die, but they got... I believe they got stabbed. And I only remember this because the, the guy that did the stabbing had the same exact name of a friend of mine. And um, he, he he loved that I kept bringing that up. I stopped eventually. <laughs> but um, the, so the video footage finally came out and you watch it and there's no way you could make out anyone in the, in the cameras. Do the cameras are the cameras now able to pick up faces on streets or do you have to do you have to kind of cor- coordinate the camera footage with eyewitnesses and, and do it that way? Well, both. Um, and it obviously helps if we have um, the eyewitnesses and other people around the area or whoever, friends, anyone that maybe talks to the person or suspect after the fact, um, that strengthens our case as well. So we do both. Um, but not every camera is going to be able to get a clear image of a face. Um, so, yes, it could be too far away. I mean, again, technology is what it is, and you just use it as that tool, and then you follow up and our investigators continue to work those cases um, to get other evidence and stuff to corroborate even what was in that image. All right. And then just lastly, the the SafeCam project, uh, 
We're speaking with Sergeant Brooke Pitaska, but Carolyn Knobloch had reached out to us to let us know that this fundraiser starts at 10 a.m., goes to 4 p.m. on Wednesday at the corner of Lacrosse Street and 4th Street. But she's part of Downtown Main Street's Main Street Inc.'s design committee and working with the city foundation to to raise about fifty thousand dollars to install a couple of new cameras. It, Brooke, is there a place like you know what we really should get cameras like on the river in Riverside Park or on the Riverside or is there do you guys have key places that where you really like to have cameras? I mean that's one area. Yes, um, there's a couple others. I know that the committee's been been talking about specifically. So I guess I don't have a list of those. Um, but yes, yep, the Riverside was definitely one of the one of the areas that we wanted to look into and they wanted to look into. All right, Brooke, I uh, appreciate you stopping <laughs> stopping in. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back after this. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to you, Lacrosse Police Sergeant Brooke Pataska, for joining me and talking a little bit about the police cameras or downtown Lacrosse cameras, city cameras. I guess it's part of the City Vision Project uh, and the same in the Safe Cam Project. Phase two of that again on Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on the corners of Lacrosse Street and Fourth Street. They're going to be collecting donations. They want to get about fifty thousand dollars to add additional cameras, not just to the, the downtown Lacrosse area, but uh, the riverfront and and some other people just to kind of cover a little bit more of that area, the downtown Lacrosse and, and surrounding areas. I still just kind of wonder, like how many times we've upgraded these cameras. Seventy nine cameras installed nine years ago. Uh, how many times have they been upgraded? Because I feel like nine year ago technology a little bit different than twenty twenty two technology. I mean, my camera. I mean, you buy a camera phone now, and then the next year the the phone's way better or the camera's way better. <laughs> like the idea that they that we're using a decade old technology. Maybe we need to upgrade all the cameras. I don't know. Uh, coming up tomorrow, I might have more lacrosse police talk, but we'll see. Thanks everybody for listening.